future. There are no people. There are no people in the future. No people at all. There are no people in the future. Where did all my people go? There are no people in the future. Let me try my people call. Hey everybody, Kevin Mahoney, editor and founder of Ragey Chicken. I'm coming to you live right now, well it's actually recorded live, uh, from the PA Climate Convergence in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. It's in Soldiers Grove. It's a beautiful day. It is Sunday, October 1st. Um, and uh, it's, you know, early in the morning yet. Uh, as you can hear, some music is just getting started behind me. And we're looking forward to a cool day of uh, celebration, really, and sharing of information, uh, festivities, art, culture, um, all built around the PA climate convergence, um, around the need to have a just transition to um, non-fossil fuels, right? Um, I, I hesitate to even call that alternative energy because... I mean, what's the alternative? The alternative is the planet burns. <laughs> so let's be clear, this is not a, uh, an option. Um, the question is whether or not we want to continue down a path of destruction or if we want to move to uh, a sustainable world. And um, the PA Climate Convergence is, you know, it's, it's meant day one here um, at the, uh, like I said, Soldiers Grove in Harrisburg, PA. Beautiful day uh, behind the Capitol, um, watching the fountains just uh, shoot up in the air, uh, looking at that green dome of our state capital, our, the capital of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, um, as a reminder that uh, this stuff matters, this day matters, these trees matter, the green matters, the, the people in that building over there are, need to do their job in order to make sure that we can have a sustainable future. So um, we look forward to talking to some folks today and um, getting forward to, uh, uh, you know, move for uh, a sustainable future. Um, yep, I've got a, just about another musical act is about to come on, and uh, my little setup here is right in front of that, so I'm going to uh, cut out now. Uh, I'll check in periodically throughout the day, hope to bring you some sounds and information about the day's events. All right. Hi, I'm Kevin Mahoney with Raging Chicken Media, and you are? Hi, I'm Heather Holton Van Tassel, the Executive Director of Three Rivers Waterkeeper. So Three Rivers Waterkeeper, so this is part of the Waterkeepers Network, or is that? Yeah, that's right. We are a member organization of the Waterkeeper Alliance, which is over 350 global waterkeepers with exclusive jurisdiction. We're all working to protect our waterways in our regions, and we do it in the mindset of holding polluters accountable and empowering people towards the clean water movement. Excellent. So um, so Three Rivers, I take that's out by Pittsburgh? That's right. We're based in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, but we serve southwestern PA. We focus on the watersheds that have the Allegheny River, the Monongahela River, and the Ohio Rivers, and the tributaries that lead into them. And we work to connect on-land activities and our water quality issues in Pittsburgh. 
Well, obviously, there's been tons of issues with kind of environmental pollutants and things all throughout the Three Rivers area um, with all the kind of petrochemical in- infrastructure. We, you know, everybody got a little uh, dose of what a chemical train explosion looks like out that way. Um, but what are some of the issues that you're working on right now um, that um, are focus of your campaign or that you're drawing you know, people's attention to right here um, in Harrisburg? Yeah, that's a great question. In Pittsburgh, we have a variety of different issues that impact our water quality. One is our sewage management, and we have a lot of combined sewage overflows, which allows for our sewage to enter our waterways. And that's really detrimental to recreation and the health of our waterways. And a lot of that is happening in our region because of our topography. So we have really steep still hills that are, you know, concrete and impermeable surface so water just flows really fast right into our stormwater drains and causes overflows Um, so instead of our sewage going back into our toilets we dump it into our rivers so it is more sanitary in that aspect however then we're dealing with the legacy pollution of all of our water quality being impacted by our sewage overflows and that's only going to be exasperated with climate change and then the other side of that that we deal with in Pittsburgh is that we're an industrial city Um, we have a lot of legacy pollution there as well as things that are continuing on today and it's a lot around oil and gas um, issues in our region. So are there particular campaigns that you're involved with right now? Yeah, uh, we have a few different campaigns that we're involved in right now. Uh, One is to prevent injection wells that are coming into our region and it could impact our water quality, our drinking water sources, as well as the source water of our three rivers. We work a lot with preventing uh, industries from exceeding their discharge permit. So every industry that's along the waterway that dumps something into the river has exceedances and limits to what they can put into our water to maintain the the standards that we we know for our water. However, lots of them can go unnoticed where they're actually exceeding those limits. And so our biggest campaign is stopping polluters from going outside of their permitted allowances to dump into our waterways. Well, fantastic. I mean, I know the work that the Waterkeeper Network does um, kind of all over the Commonwealth and kind of throughout the regions, and it's just been absolutely phenomenal. So here we are out at the PA Climate Convergence in Harrisburg, and I think there's a lot of folks that would say, like, you know, we're not moving fast enough. <laughs> there's a lot of things that are going on. We need to kind of uh, kind of move the, kind of move the ball here a little bit on, um, say, climate, you know, climate action, on sustainability, protecting our waters, protect, and, you know, getting off the fossil fuel networks and so on. So if people come out here today, you know, what are some of the hopes that people will take away from here um, and that you'd like to see happen in terms of action in the state? That's a great question. What I would love to see happen is this shift from individual perspectives like not you as an individual are causing climate change but rather us as a society is causing climate change to happen at a pace that we can adapt to and so I'd like people to come away making sure that we are holding the industries accountable that we're holding the government accountable to make decisions so that way the everyday person isn't faced with this decision on whether or not they should do X or do Y when their individual movements don't feel like they're doing much, but rather looking at it as a whole system. And so what we can do is really demand that industries and our government start taking action for the systems that are in place that are causing climate change. Well, hey, uh, fantastic that you're out here today. I appreciate your time and good luck getting the word out here. And uh, we'll make sure that we can do our little part and kind of uh, spread in the word. Thank you. Great. Thank you so much. Hey, I'm Kevin Mahoney from uh, Raging Chicken Media, and you are? I'm Liz Evans from Third Act, Pennsylvania. 
So can you tell us a little bit about Third Act Pennsylvania? I know that, you know, uh, Third Act has been kind of really getting up and running the past few years, <laughs> um, really kind of put some pressure on. So can you tell us a little bit about Third Act? Yeah, for sure. We are a statewide working group of Third Act, which is a national organization. A lot of people know about Third Act because of Bill McKibben, of course, uh, who found, helped to found 350.org and now more recently has founded Third Act, an organization for people over 60, um, focused really on the twin problems of um, preventing um, climate destruction and preserving democracy, uh, really working together on those two things. And our Third Act Pennsylvania group is uh, bringing it here right locally to Pennsylvania. How can we mobilize people of our generation to really get active, really get involved? Um, for that, we really are focused on three main campaign areas. One is called uh, Advanced Fossil Fee Free Finance. This is really focused on the big four banks, Citibank, Chase Bank, Wells Fargo, Bank of America. Uh, they're not the only ones. Vanguard, also in Pennsylvania, of course, uh, very notorious. But um, they are bankrolling fossil fuel destruction. And our state is a perfect example. Uh, coal, gas, uh, you know, uh, the, the science is clear, the evidence is clear, con directly connecting the dots to climate destruction right here in our state. So uh, working to get the banks to uh, stop investing in fossil fuels is one main focus. A uh, new campaign is called Democratizing Energy, uh, really working with some other organizations, for example, um, Power in Philadelphia to work with the public utility commissions and the regulators of energy in the state to try and um, advance better solar, more renewable energy as in the, in the mix of energy in our state. Um, and then the third uh, main campaign is uh, uplift um, voting and democracy. So for right now, we're um, always focused on voter registration and voter turnout, but there's a new petition that's just started up to um, really get people to uh, send postcards around the school board elections, because we have a lot of groups, I think, as you know, that are working to, um, uh, you know, um, change the curriculum in, in very undemocratic ways. And so uh, we're really mo trying to mobilize people in our generation to get involved, stand up, get their voices heard, bring more and more people into the movement because um, so much effort has gone into um, climate change, fighting against it, trying to make the changes that we need. Um, just had a huge rally in New York City, so forth. A lot is, is happening, but it's really not enough. We really need a mass, mass movement. And so we are here at the Pennsylvania Climate Convergence, um, not only to connect with other groups that are working on things like we are, but um, to try and reach as many people as possible and bring more people into the movement. Well, I mean, absolutely. And I think in Pennsylvania, it seems like we have a special responsibility. I mean, given the amount of fossil fuels that come out of this Commonwealth and our role in kind of pollution. I mean, you know, we have an incredible, like, deep carbon footprint in this in this commonwealth and it seems that uh, we've got to put more and more pressure upon our legislators because you know that power of uh, fossil fuel money um, has a way of just steamrolling climate action and we're just running out of time yeah, I could not agree more, and I have a little bit of an opportunity sometimes to know about some progress happening in our neighboring states. Um, for example, New York State, I think, unfortunately, is way ahead of Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania needs to wake up because, you know, with the Inflation Reduction Act and other things happening, there is a huge opportunity um, to, you know, have the electrification transformation really happening here in Pennsylvania, which not only, you know, moves us away from fossil fuels, which we need, but really is a job creation engine. And a lot of people that may have, you know, they've had a career um, drawing on fossil fuel um, industry, and that's been our past 
in the history of Pennsylvania, but our future going forward, there are going to be jobs around, you know, um, oh, sorry, our sign is flying away. It's a little windy here today in the Capitol. <laughs> um, but, you know, a prospect for a lot of people to, um, you know, have a future career in, in green and, well, you know, basically new energy sector jobs. And so I think it is, uh, you know, a huge opportunity in Pennsylvania and with some of the extreme weather that started to happen and been, you know, we were affected by the smoke coming from Canada. Um, my brother lives in Brooklyn, you know, they're now underwater and, you know, all of these things are happening. And so I, I couldn't agree with you more. This is a time. Um, I think the question is, can we do it fast enough and how can we get more people involved to accelerate uh, the movement? Well, and on that score is like, you know, folks that are coming out here today, they're just going to um, coming out, joining out, uh, finding out more information. What are you hoping folks take away from a day like this? Yeah, well, you know, on the immediate sense, there are already for, you know, coming from our table in Third Act Pennsylvania and so many other great organizations here, there are things to um, do right now to make your voices heard. There's petitions, there's showing up uh, to the testimony tomorrow and all the things. So part of it is just, um, you know, everybody's busy, they've got a million things going on, but... Um, you know, just making the time to be active. Um, and in the longer term, I think it is, um, you know, not only what can you personally do, but how can you influence your friends, your neighbors, and uh, sort of really have the climate conversation first and foremost in people's minds where, where it needs to be. Wonderful. And if people want to find out more information about Third Act and the work that you're doing, is there a place they can go to check it out? Absolutely. If you go to thirdact.org, that is the national Third Act. And if you go to thirdactpa.org, that is Third Act Pennsylvania. And there's a quick and easy way to sign up and get onto our mailing list and learn about everything that we're doing there. Well, there you have it. Well, thank you so much for everything you're doing and uh, good luck to you today. Thank you so much. Hi, I'm Kevin Mahoney with Raging Chicken Media and you are? Hi there, my name is Heaven Sunsky, and I am the organizing director with the Center for Coalfield Justice. So the Center for Coalfield Justice, can you tell us a little about your organization and what brings you out here today? Yes, we're really excited to be here today on this beautiful fall day. We are a grassroots organizing nonprofit that serves Washington and Greene counties in the southwestern corner of Pennsylvania. Um, we work on environmental and economic justice because we believe strongly that if we're going to talk about climate and extraction in Appalachia, that we need to be talking about jobs. And we see that extensively in our communities. So Washington and Greene counties in southwestern Pennsylvania are the most heavily fracked county counties um, in the state. And we're also still facing impacts of longwell coal mining um, to a pretty large scale in our communities. Uh, and so CCJ works to support residents that are experiencing impacts from those industries. And we do it in a different kind of way than what you might see um, with more you know, national green groups. Um, we're organizing in a rural place that is pre predominantly conservative, and has been intergenerationally impacted by fossil fuels. Most of our residents are deeply tied to the companies, whether it be through leaseholding or jobs. Um, and there's a lot of intergenerational cultural implications of that. Um, and so CCJ has a very influential theory of change in that we get out there when we meet residents where they are and we help them with their issues regardless of where they stand on those issues and we build deep trusting relationships with them because at the end of the day we are all in this to protect our communities regardless of where we're standing now and so we're really excited to be here today 
and we have lots of resources with us to talk a little bit about the health impacts of fracking, the impacts on our landscape and in our communities, the company's behavior in our communities, especially whenever we call them out and try to hold them accountable to hurting people. And long wall coal mining, right? It's still actively happening in Pennsylvania. It is a massive industry. It is not just that they are undermining people's homes and shutting down family farms and, and chasing people out of their communities, but they're processing that coal in our communities. They're disposing of waste in our communities. Um, and we're, we're losing folks. People are leaving um, what was their intergenerational family roots and, and they don't wanna leave. Um, and so when we get out there and we really talk to folks and we listen to them, and we support them wherever they are on the issue, um, we get a lot of great feedback and we build a lot of really good relationships and um, we're building membership fast. Yeah, I bet. And I look, I, I just, what you just talked about right now for me is like, this is probably the most critical issue that we can talk about because ultimately when we're talking about climate justice, we're talking about people, right? And then it does, and too often, I'll, I'll just a little uh, kind of uh, editorialize here for a minute, but too often uh, we see these people go in their ideological camps where they want to talk about these kind of issues in these kind of terms instead of starting with people, right? Um, and especially if we take anything seriously about saying the, who is going to, who has been hurt by fossil fuel extraction for generations upon generations and who is going to be devastated right um in, in the coming future whether it's the direct implications of climate change or whether it's the kind of like the abandonment of the fossil fuel infrastructure right so we got to start with people so thank you for yeah. doing that work thank number one you. um and i'm so glad you're here bringing that voice here i mean you said you've been people have been coming over you've been got lots of good resources what's the interactions been like today yeah, so it's, it's, you know, this is really cool to kind of see all the other groups that are doing this work because sometimes it can be isolating doing it in rural communities. Um, but I really appreciated what you just said because I think it's important to note that we don't tell people what they need. We ask them what they need and we support them even if it's not entirely what we personally yep. may believe in. So if somebody calls me and says they're really concerned about the well pad in their backyard because it's really loud, then I'm gonna go help them advocate about that noise, right? I'm not gonna tell them, well, I'll advocate about the noise, but I want it to shut down, right? Because that's not my business, that's their backyard. Um, and eventually, like I'm able to provide public educational resources where they start to look at the health implications and they start to look at other things. But when you're organizing rural communities, we're organizing anywhere. These aren't just environmental issues. These are family issues. These are community issues. These are people issues and I'm not in the business of telling people what they need and at the end of the day you know of course I would love to see a no fossil fuel future I would love to see investment and solutions that protect our communities from harm but those investments need to happen where extraction is taking place too and there is no green new deal without rural communities on the front lines of fossil fuel extraction we need them in this fight with us and we need to know what they need to make this work because our country is heavily dependent on fossil fuels not only on the grid but at the dinner table, right? Like these companies are providing jobs for people that feed their families. And so it is, I can't go in and say, don't think about that. We need to focus on this other thing, right? So we're really proud of, of building a really diverse membership base that comes from a lot of different backgrounds with a common goal, which is each other. Um, and so, you know, I think we have a unique perspective when we're talking about EJ issues, because uh, we do view them as human issues and we, and we don't tell people what they need, we, we take their lead. And sometimes it takes time, right? Uh, rural organizing is slow, but it really works. You know, these people um, are kind and very knowledgeable about industry and nobody knows more about the impacts on the environment of the fossil fuel industry than the people living on the front lines of extraction, whether they work for the company or not. 
100%. Well, I, I'm so glad to see you all here today. This is fantastic. Um, people coming out for a day like this, what are you hoping people walk away from an event like this from? Um, and then how can people uh, find out more about your organization and how they can find out more about your work and help support it? Yeah, so I, you know, when we when we meet with other folks that are doing great work across the state and advocating for communities like ours, I want them to know that um, don't forget about us and don't assume that you don't have votes there. Um, I want folks that are advocating for investment in renewable energy and things like that to know that just because we live in a place that has been deemed um, believing a certain thing doesn't mean that we don't want to be at the table or that we aren't stakeholders. So I want to I want to be you know kept in, in mind and and not assumed that we're not with it. Um, and we have a fantastic website. You can find us at the Center for CoolfieldJustice.org. We have a Facebook page, lots of social media. Um, and if you are interested in learning more about organizing in rural communities and, and the unique challenges that we face and how we navigate them, um, you can always reach out to me at heaven at Center for CoalfieldJustice.org. Wonderful. Well, look, thank you so much for taking the time today, and thanks for much uh, for being out here and kind of uh, bringing this perspective to the table, which so desperately needs to be here. Likewise. Thanks so much. Yeah, you got it. Hey, I'm Kevin Mahoney here with uh, Raging Chicken Media out at the PA Climate Convergence, and you are? I'm Kate Prowse with TIAA Divest. TIAA Divest. Please tell me, what is this about? TIAA is like the vanguard for teachers, professors, and nonprofit people. That is uh, my retirement system, just for the record. TIAA has $78 billion in fossil fuel investments, and they are the fourth biggest coal bond holder in the world. So your organization is basically trying to get them to divest the fossil fuels from their portfolio. And I, I would imagine that most of us who, like, who, would, who are, have our retirement systems with TIAA or TIAA aren't even aware about the degree to which that this uh, fossil fuels um, kind of makes up their portfolio and basically the future destruction of the planet <laughs> is part of our retirement. Yeah. A lot of people don't even know what their retirement, they just think of it as their pension. They don't realize that TIAA is managing their retirement and they have no idea that it's a huge fossil fuel investor. Even their uh, environmentally safe funds are packed full of fossil fuels, which actually just became illegal a few days ago um, from the, the federal government. <clears throat> well, great. So tell me a little bit about the campaigns that you're working on, how are you trying to get TIA to um, divest, and then we'll talk a little bit about what you hope to uh, um, people take away from today. Um, we are building our coalition. So one great thing about being here today at the Convergence is that we're meeting more and more organizations and uh, making friends and meeting the friends that we already have and educating them about what we're working on. Um, TIAA has a the super secret board of governors that just lost two members. So we are pushing them to um, appoint governors that are experts in climate um, climate improvement and climate change so that they can get that advice to begin to divest the $78 billion in fossil fuels that they currently hold. Well, and I, so I guess a big aspect of it is just getting people one number one number aware, right? And then if the people are looking for kind of a place for more information or figure out what, where could they do, what can they, where can they go? Um, yes, you can go to our website, which is TIAA-divest- <laughs> no, it's okay. I can cut it out. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I don't even know how to spell the best. Wait. Don't... Is it an I? Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. um, hi. You can go to our website, which is at TIAA 
www.divest.org. Check out our newsletter because we have a newsletter article that just came out where you can send emails to all of these Board of Governors pushing them to appoint people who are more environmentally knowledgeable to the board. Well, fantastic. And I think that's one of the great things about this day to here today. So people being able to kind of become aware of things, they're not unaware of it, actually meeting up with other folks. What are you hoping people are going to take away from um, from a day like this? We've already had a great experience just meeting some of our allies in person. Um, you know, we've got a lot of people signing up for our newsletter list. Um, and just converging, literally. You know, it's all these people. We do a lot of direct action. We have uh, peaceful protests outside their gigantic offices in Manhattan that are still drying out from the floods yesterday. <clears throat> um, and we, we do a lot of things with allies, but we don't always get a chance to see them in person. So today we have, and it's been really wonderful. Well, wonderful. I appreciate your time, and thanks for coming out here for the PA Climate Convergence. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? Uh, I'm Kevin Mahoney from Raging Chicken Media, and you are? I'm Natasha Washington, the Communications Manager for the Breathe Project. Well, perfect. Communications to communications. Here we are. So the Breathe Project, um, tell me a little about your organization and what brings you here today. So the Breathe Project is an advocacy organization of 65 plus organizations, many of them being here. Um, we come together and help support and advocate and give resources to organizations that are fighting for a fossil-free renewable future, also for clean air um, and clean energy, while also supporting job creation through that as well. So um, this is an awesome day. Like you say, you work with a lot of the organizations here too, um, here too as well. Um, uh, what are you hoping that people kind of walk away from today, as a, and specifically from things that you might be working on with your organization um, that you're trying to kind of reach out, let people know what's going on, and then what are you hoping they're going to take away from a day like this? Yeah, so we're really excited that everybody is showing what their programs are, what resources they have, the education they found throughout their work of seeing like where pollution is and how bad it's been for a lot of their community members and really seeing how we can work together. So not only do we come out here to have residents learn about us, but we also get to learn about each other statewide because some of us are in different cities and communities. So now we're all learning like, what are y'all doing? What has happened this past year? Because we did do this last year and the panel are a really great way to learn about what all of these organizations are doing and how we can continue to work together to provide a better future. Fantastic. And, you know, I think that I'm so thrilled to be here um, and be part of this here today, too, as well. And it seems like, you know, we need events like this because we're not moving fast enough on climate action and people are play paying the price. Um, so, you know, if people come here, they're kind of reaching out, get to organizations, what are you hoping folks, um, folks can do and how can they find out more about the Breathe Project? Yeah, I'm hoping that they use their voices to help advocate with us because a lot of the times we come into these spaces and it's only us fussing, saying that the community also wants this, but because they don't see the community, it kind of falls on death air sometimes. So we want to make sure that we're collecting as many voices, whether they come in person, whether they sign a petition, whether they show a sign or show a video of them talking about the issue that is most important to them that is affected by our air quality and all of the fossil fuel extractions we have. We we want to show people that it's not just us, that everybody cares about this issue and that we can do this together if we just come together to do it. So I'm hoping that this promotes collaboration, it promotes collective advocacy, and it shows people that we're not the only ones dealing with this and that there are solutions out there. Because I did hear like some communities talk about like solutions that they figured out for like small issues that we've had in our community. And now I'm like, oh, we can go back and try that out. And I can say, hey, they're doing it over here in the same state, so we could do it here. So I'm hoping for lots of inspiration. <laughs> 
Fantastic. And if people are looking to find out more information on the Breathe, Breathe Project and the work that you do, where can they go? They can go to the breatheproject.org, which is our website that has all of our collaborative members, resources, tools we have, as well as the people that you can get in contact with us. Um, and you can contact us at info at breatheproject.org as well. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time and great luck today. Thank you so much. Hi, I'm Kevin Mahoney with uh, Raging Chicken Media, and you are? My name's Julia Nuckley. I live in Collegeville, Pennsylvania, which is just outside of Philadelphia. Yeah, and you're here with the Climate Reality Project. Can you tell us a little about that organization? So the Climate Reality Project was started by uh, um, former Vice President Al Gore and, uh, you know, how he has his Inconvenient Truth presentation. Well, what a lot of people don't know is that he actually keeps that updated. And so he started this organization to train people to be able to give his presentation um, so that m- multiple people can be spreading the word and, and getting that, the, that presentation out there. But he keeps it updated with the latest information. Well, great. And so today I'm looking out here. you got a table. You've got like a, a house split up. You've got lots of information. There's a penguin over there, right? So um, what are you doing today when you're talking to folks here? What are you hoping they're going to take away from what you have to give them? So we're talking about um, uh, environmental issues, climate change, uh, but we also have a, f- a focus right now on the Inflation Reduction Act and how people can benefit from it. So we have um, a display here that, you know, for your listeners, they can't see it, but we have a house that shows, um, you know, the electric vehicle tax credits, the solar panel tax credits, windows, doors, insulation, all that sort of thing that you can actually get money back on your your federal taxes when you go to file. Well, that's so great to see because I know that's one of the big questions that people have. They hear about this, they hear, but what does that actually mean? Do I qualify for this? What do I have to do? And that's always the kind of the weeds that kind of prevents a lot of people from accessing those benefits. I mean, have people been interested in what you've been, um, as you've been talking to them throughout today? Oh, for sure, for sure. And if people want to know more information, I would suggest actually they go to Rewiring America, which the Climate Reality Project has teamed up with Rewiring America. They have an IRA savings calculator in there where you put in your own personal information and then it'll tell you what credits and rebates you qualify for. And then it gives you more more detail on each of those each of those products like heat pumps and everything. It'll it'll give you more details on, on each of them. That's fantastic. So what do you hope that, you know, people are coming out here to the PA climate, climate convergence today. What are you hoping people kind of walk away from today? I hope they get a greater sense of urgency, but also the possibilities that we that we we can implement to solve the climate crisis. Well, what I loved about seeing like a display like this and a lot of folks here today is that, you know, it's not just about, OK, look, here's the crisis, right? Here's the crisis. But it's like, look, there's another world that's possible here, right? There's we can see a future that is not one that's doom and gloom. That's not the dystopian future, but there's so much possibility that's here. So if people want to find out more about the work that you're doing. Um, where could they go? Uh, so so there's the Climate Reality Project website um, that is, uh, uh, let's see, the climaterealityproject.org and then we have in Pennsylvania we have five different chapters I'm from the Philadelphia and southeastern Pennsylvania chapter so we also have our our own website but you can go to the main climate reality project website and find out tons of information about what we're what we're doing and what we're all about well fantastic well thank you so much for the work and thanks for coming out today oh thank you take care Hi, I'm Kevin Mahoney from Raging Chicken Media, and you are? Kevin Long, pastor of Intertwined. 
I'm like, oh, a couple Kevins here, just talking at the PA Climate Convergence. <laughs> All right, so, um, so PA Intertwine, can you tell me a little about your organization and what you're doing here today? Uh, Intertwine is a faith community with an eco-justice focus. Uh, we offer folks who experience the divine more easily outdoors a, pay, a place to be part of a faith community. It's really oriented toward people who haven't found a home in an existing church, who just want to spend a little bit of time each week getting together to spend some time centering in the outdoors and with uh, folks they get along with that they're comfortable with as well as doing some sacred readings some prayer and things like that it's very casual we meet on city island at five o'clock on sunday afternoons and it's just a, a casual gathering for folks with with those common interests well, that's fantastic. You know, because one of the things that I'm, very, you know, again, faith communities have always been involved in whether it's climate action, right, kind of social justice, like, you know, civil rights right across the board. And it seems to me, you know, I grew up Catholic, right? I grew up Catholic and it's like, and so much of my tradition, right, is like, you think there was like a, a reverence for the land and for nature and for creation and all this stuff. And yet, you know, so much of what's happened in the church has kind of moved more in these conservative pathways. So it's so amazing to see more faith communities kind of really starting to speak out and saying, you know what? Um, if we're going to be kind of, you know, good stewards of this earth, right, <laughs> and we're going to be here, um, then this needs to be part of what we're doing in climate action. Right, especially if you look at the fact that we're tasked with looking after the marginalized and climate change is having such a profound negative impact on the marginalized, far greater than for like me, for instance. It's part of our job to support this movement and to engage in creation care and looking out for our, our siblings around the world. I mean, what a great point. I mean, because it's not, you know, and this is always one of the mistakes that we always hear with, you know, people think about climate. You're thinking about, oh, just the trees, just thing. But you're actually talking about people. I mean, we're at the point right now that we're talking about caring for each other. Right, exactly. Yep. So tell me a little bit about what you're hoping to get from, you know, people come to your, come over, talk to you today. What are you hoping they walk away from um, what you bring here? And what are you hoping they walk away from this day? Uh, part of it is showing folks that there is an alternative out there. there. There is a faith community, and we're not the only one, but there is a faith community where if they're inter interested in ecological justice and maybe they haven't found a place yet where that's of importance, uh, there is a place where they can come. Uh, and so that's one thing, just because a lot of people here are drawn to eco-justice and they might not know that intertwining exists. So it gives us an opportunity to speak to them. And it's a great opportunity for us to partner with other organizations because we don't try to create everything internally. For instance, yesterday, our service project, we teamed up with Capital Area Cleanup, and we just went somewhere in Harrisburg, and we worked together, and we're looking to do that, partner with other organizations. And looking around, there are just a ton of organizations here that offer, you know, potential for partnerships like that. Oh, wonderful. I wish you all the best today. It's an incredible day out here today. Um, people seem to be really kind of enjoying it. The weather's great. So uh, thank you for all the work that you're doing, and uh, thanks for taking the time. Great. It was great to meet you in person, too. Great, too. Take care. Hey, I'm Kevin Mahoney with Raging Chicken Media, and you are? Frank Fortino with XR Philly and XR US. And XR Extinction Rebellion, right? Yes, Extinction Rebellion, yes. We get caught up in uh, saying XR, the short version, but yes, Extinction Rebellion. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about Extinction Rebellion and what brings you out here today. Extinction Rebellion started around 2019 in the UK. A bunch of scientists looked at the data, and what was obvious is that we're heading in the wrong direction. We're heading towards the sixth mass extinction. The last time, uh, the fifth one, it took out 90% of all life. This one's unique in that we are a big, uh, the, the reason for it, our habits and our extractivism 
uh, is continuing to harm not just us, but everyone on the planet, plants, animals. And it's um, about time we realize this and realize we're hurting ourselves. And so Extinction Rebellion is very focused on direct action. We have four demands. We demand that the government and the media tell the truth. We say zero emissions by 2025. And we don't trust the government to do what is necessary. So we demand a citizens assembly where an informed person will inform citizens around them as to uh, how to deal with the crisis locally or in a region. And those people make a decision, an informed decision. And our fourth demand is a just transition that we recognize that we have been, uh, the climate crisis is a symptom of continued extraction and um, extraction of people's labor and reparations are needed to make those repairs because people of color, indigenous people have suffered the most and if we're truly going to heal and get out of this crisis, that's what we got to heal from. We got to uh, look at that in the mirror and really address those past harms. Well, you know, one of the things that you said is, you know, scientists looked at the data and they saw that we're headed for this kind of mass extinction event, right? The fifth mass, mass extinction. And everyone, all the data is there. We're in the midst of a crazy crisis. There's no stopping it. We're not acting fast enough in order to kind of think. And I remember when, when Extinction Rebellion broke on the scene, it felt like, okay, now finally people are acting that corresponds to the reality that we're being told that we have to act on. And one of the things that's crazy making, I'm sorry to editorialize it here, but one of the things that's crazy making, I think for a lot of people, is that we hear this, that we're in crisis, we're in crisis, that there's, this, it's barreling down on us. And yet it seems that our politicians, right? It seems that the, the folks that are at the top of the heap, right? It seems like our, to use an overused phrase, the 1% are just kind of moving along because they're going to be fine, at least in the short term. Um, but for so Extinction Rebellion, you said the, the emphasis on direct action is basically say, hey, if we're in a crisis, we need to act like it. Because um, if we had a true voice, I'm talking here in the United States, if, if our voice and legislators were doing what we asked to do, we would see different policies put in place. But yet it's, it's been uh, proven over and over again that our government is not here to help us, not here for the people, they're here for their donor class, and that's, you just follow the money. The money is going towards military, it's going to Wall Street, it's going to the pharmaceuticals. Uh, Look at uh, what happened in COVID. We are 5% of the world's population, but our death rate due to COVID was 25%. Um, it's an example that uh, what makes sense, science, I mean, COP, were we COP 28 now or something? And the language is getting harsher in it. Um, and these are scientists from all over the world to, to come to that consensus. And yet nothing is seriously being done. It shows how capitalism is, has a stranglehold on good policy, um, how our government is really for the owners and not for the people. Well, fantastic. Well, I mean, are there particular campaigns that you're working on right now that you're talking to people about here today? Yeah, I think Cop City is uh, one that really ties in a lot of the symptoms of the climate crisis. Um, Cop City is, uh, there's a forest, a Wolani forest near Atlanta, and uh, they're going to bulldoze that down to make a 
um, urban city to practice urban warfare on us. And this was in response to the murders of George, um, um, Mr. Floyd, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. And this is a repeat of in the late 1960s with the civil rights riots in New Jersey, there was, um, they were doing the same thing. In fact, there's a documentary called Riotsville. They made this mock city because of that response. So here's our government that is supposed to be protecting us. They double down on hurting us rather than listening to what needs to be done. And Cop City is, I feel like, a great example. There's some courageous people out there. There's BS charges going on, um, what they're being charged with, domestic terrorism and RICO charges. It's just sinful. And another example that our government is not for us and we need to take control and that's again why direct action is needed well fantastic well we're we'll here out this you know and again it's like it's like this uh i i don't know it's like i feel like i'm in two different worlds half the time right because here we are it's this gorgeous day right um beautiful day in the kind of uh the commonwealth capital like we're seeing it right right down the hall there so to speak right yep. um but people are here right I and mean, that's a good thing so what are you hoping as people kind of show up today can walk around and talk about what are you hoping that people take away from a day like this well i just i've I've been here, I guess, two, three hours already, and I've had some really terrific conversations. Um, a woman told me their science teacher in the um, early 90s talked about this and inspired her to be a rebel. And you hear that over and over again. That's what kind of gives me up, talking to people, not being interrupted um, um, every five minutes like we are with the quote-unquote news, right, that you have context, you have a, a conversation, and um, you, and, and though there might be slight differences, we're connected in a lot of, a lot of different ways. We don't want to die. We don't want our children to die. We want the animals. We want the plants. We need them. And it's, again, an example of what we want is different from what the legislators are actually doing. And sad to say, we need a big movement of movements. Uh, we need an anti-war movement to, um, or we need a climate movement to be with the anti-war movement, um, and many more. Um, yeah. Yeah, so if people are looking for more information about uh, about Extinction Rebellion, about what they're doing here in Pennsylvania, what they're doing in your chapter, where can they go to find out more information? XRPhilly.org is our website. We're on Twitter or X, and we're on Facebook and uh, Instagram. Um, you can get on our mailing list. We have meetings every month and invite people in. We're actually having a Heading for Extinction talk and what to do about it. Um, uh, not this Wednesday, the Wednesday after. Um, so come and join us. We'd love to. And we're, we're looking for other voices so we can amplify them through our channels. Wonderful. Well, thank you for taking time tonight and thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. There are no people in the future. Let me try my people come. I'll fly.